Hello. Hello, it worked again. <laughs> it did work. I'm so happy. <laughs> We're recording remotely with Anchor because it's everything you need all in one in place. In one place. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hello. This is the Witches, Magic, Murder, and Mystery podcast. I am Kara. And I am Megan. And yeah, like I said, we're recording remotely. So you'll hear all sorts of mystery sounds. <laughs> yes. Both of our lives have kind of exploded in the last week and a half. So yeah, it's been pure chaos for both of us. Yes. In case you missed us um, Friday and Tuesday with the usual episodes. Sorry, but you know, sometimes yeah, it's got to live our lives. Yeah. But okay, can we just say for a second? Sure. We're top 30s now on Spotify. 38 as of this morning. I don't understand. How? <laughs> yeah, There's but I don't hundreds. understand. So why are we that high on Spotify? What's happening? And then where is it on Apple? Like, I don't exactly. understand how any of it works. I'm, I'm guessing it has something to do with, like, you know, algorithms and whatever. Right. We must reach more people somehow right. on Spotify, but it is fascinating. Right. That's so, wild, yeah, thanks. though. Yeah, guys. It's we love really, you all for listening. Yeah, it's super exciting. Yeah. Um, just to see our little logo there in the list. It's wild. I'm not used to it. I wouldn't have uh-uh. even known because I never look, you know, it's just that right. we get this email every now and then. Yeah. That'll say like, hey, you're ranked here. Yeah. And usually we're not ranked. I mean, we're ranked in other say, countries. I was going to say it's the other countries that love us. US, you all still love us, but we're like top hundreds, two hundreds. Yeah. There's just so but many. But it's not podcasts. 38. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "What's happened? How? I have no idea. I don't know. When something like that happens, I'm like, did somebody somewhere mention us that we don't know about? Right, or, exactly. So you know, if that happened, thank you to whoever did it. It's great. Exactly. It's so fun just to get more people to. Uh, it's exactly. not. I mean, it's fun like to make something and have it be well received. But it's also like now there's more of you to interact with. Right, so, exactly. Hope you join the Facebook group. <laughs> yes. Today for my uh-huh. episode, what you got? <laughs> I am finally gonna do I can't remember if it was on Patreon or on a full episode here but uh-huh. we were talking about something and the topic of satanic panic came up and I was like why did satanic panic become a thing like why right. was that such a thing in the 80s and so I stuck that in my head as like I'm gonna do an episode on that someday yes and here we are okay today we are talking about basically what kicked off satanic panic uh-huh. and made it such a big deal in the 80s. Right. You know, we don't really have it anymore. No. <laughs> it's not, I mean, uh, it still gets brought up now and then, I guess, but not like it was back then. Right. I mean, do you remember this back when you were a kid? I was talking to a friend of mine about it when I was writing this episode and I was like, you know, I can remember when I was young, it was just a known thing. Like, yeah, there's devil worshipers. They're out in the woods. Right. They exactly. Rituals and stuff. Yeah. And there was like this, it was some building that was painted black. And, oh, yeah, that's the Devil Worshipper Church. Right, and exactly. Like, no, like, it was It was just a building. <laughs> no, it's just a, yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, these are kids' stories trying to scare each other. It was just like, yeah, that's what that is. That's just. That's just, that's what it is. It is right. what it is. So, yeah, it was such a weird thing to think about now because I don't know at what point it went away. But it definitely went away, right? It definitely wasn't a thing that, like, persisted throughout my life or whatever. But Exactly. It was just an accepted thing. Like, yeah, devil worshipers for sure. Okay. Yeah. What, else, what else would it be? <laughs> yeah. Not even a big deal. Let's not even talk yeah. about it. All right. So just about everything I read when I started trying to figure this out, cited a specific event as the beginning of satanic panic. In 1980, a psychologist named Lawrence Pazder. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Let's also pause here for a second and just... I want to laugh again at how people who listen to this podcast <laughs> are so entertained by how we mispronounce things because I hear on other podcasts, people will be like afraid to mispronounce and they'll say yeah. like, I know you're going to send me a message. Like people get mad and send no, messages. We, love it. we embrace we it. We don't get mean messages. Nobody gets mad at no. us. No. I think because we're just upfront with being like, look, we don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to say a lot of things. We're just going to it's probably just my accent if I mispronounced it wrong. Right, exactly. <laughs> I probably pronounced it just fine. It's just that I'm Southern. <laughs> We're Southern, forgive us. <laughs> okay, so whatever his name is, Lawrence Pazder uh-huh. published a memoir called Michelle Remembers, okay. which he co-authored with his patient, Michelle Smith. She would go on to become his wife, Oh, by the way, which doesn't seem ethical. No. But, no. okay, allegedly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this book would go on to become a bestseller, okay? okay? It is Michelle's story, and it told the story of how Pazder had mm-hmm. used recovered memory therapy, which is a now discredited form of therapy that uses things like hypnosis, guided imagery, sedative hypnotic drugs to help patients recall previously forgotten memories, okay? Mm-hmm. okay. He'd used this form of therapy on Michelle and uncovered memories of past abuse by members of the Church of Satan. Hmm. This kind of stuff is so scary. Yeah. I don't think repressed memories are fake, right? Like I think, right? yeah, I think sure. people definitely have them. I also think if a doctor is not properly trained or if a doctor has ill intentions, yeah, they can definitely make you believe that you are remembering something that you're not remembering. Yeah, and really, this that comes up a lot throughout this story, but it's very just like, ugh. So I think that's why it's a discredited form of therapy now because they've recognized that it's just too risky. Yeah, so well, that's terrifying. Yeah. So her book, like I said, it talked about how she had kind of grown up in the Church of Satan. It detailed horrific abuse and wild sex orgies. Smith claimed that she'd been kept in cages with live snakes, <laughs> forced to watch members of the cult slaughter kittens. What? Like, why? Kittens. Why are, you, why are you all doing that? And endured 81 consecutive days of physical abuse as cult members tried to summon Satan. No, don't do that. Yeah. Bad idea, guys. <laughs> Probably shouldn't do that. So basically, as soon as the book came out, the claims it made were immediately suspect. They investigated them and it was debunked like pretty quickly. Right. But the thing is, is that, so this book comes out and the media goes nuts, right? Cause I mean, you got <laughs> you got a book of like all the things yeah. that I told you. Of course the media went crazy. Yeah. They're, they want to know all about it. But then now this is going to shock you, Kara. Okay. When it was discovered that all of this was a bunch of baloney. Hocus pocus. The media didn't cover that as much. What? 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 But the media always corrects itself. <laughs> they want you to know if they're wrong. Yeah, they for sure do that. Yeah. Oh, it makes me crazy. I hate it when that happens. Oh my gosh. So this is the context we're in. It's 1980. Uh-huh. This book has just come out. And suddenly everyone is like, oh my God. Devil worshipers are everywhere. They could be anyone and they're doing horrible things. We're going to get sucked into this. Yes. And our children are yeah. not safe. Say because the children. 
these devil worshipers are out there. Mm-hmm. In Bakerfield, which might be Bakersfield, now that I say that, California. You know, it's you know, it's it's definitely somewhere. one or the other. It's somewhere. Uh, social workers who had read Michelle Remembers heard of a local occult sex ring mm. through <laughs> Right. So these social workers, they have read the book, right? So they've already got that in their heads. Okay. And then these two kids tell them about, oh, yeah, there's this sex ring. Oh, yeah, by the way. Yes. It would later be learned that these kids had been coerced into making up the story by a family member, which is the most bizarre thing. But over the next two years, 26 people went to jail over convictions related to this made-up story. (gasps) What? And the next sentence is nearly all of those convictions have been overturned. Nearly. Nearly. Not everyone. From the made-up story? Nearly. Almost all of them. One man served 20 years even. Oh my gosh. Two parents were also convicted and sentenced to 240 years after their sons had been coached to accuse them of abuse. What? Those convictions were also overturned. Okay. After that, a woman in Manhattan Beach, California, accused a worker at McMartin Preschool of abusing her son. Now, this sets off a whole series of events. Like what I just told you that happened in Bakersfield. I'm not going to give you guys big full cases. I'm just trying to get this in history. But this one we're going to go into more detail on because this daycare thing set off a whole movement. So basically, this woman is like, my kid goes to this preschool and he's being abused. So police decide the right thing to do is to write a letter and send it to about 200 families who, I guess, were currently or had previously been involved with the McMartin preschool. Okay. And the letter is shocking. It's like, look, I know this is unpleasant, but it's necessary for your child's safety. He described the alleged sex crimes that had taken place and said, please question your child to see if he or she has been a witness to any crime or if he or she has been a victim. What? Can you imagine, first off, I think of my daughters when they were three and four years old in preschool. Right. And if I had gotten a letter like this, how sick I would have felt. Exactly. Secondly, no one's been convicted. Nothing's been proven. It's Uh just alleged sex crimes and they're exploring it, right? Exactly. I wouldn't have to hear another word. I'd be like, well, you can't take the chance that it didn't happen. My kid is never going there again, you know? Yeah, exactly. But then beyond that, how do you question your three or four-year-old child about these crimes? Yeah. Yeah. Without leading them. I mean, what do you say? Unless you're a trained professional. Right. How do you just ask your kid about this? Like, I just, Uh yeah. So one of the articles about this quoted a professor from University of California Hastings as saying this letter was a model of what not to do. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, you get a certain kind of personality in there whether it's the kid or the adult. Mm-hmm. And you've just set up a situation for stories to be made up or exaggerated. Yeah. Like there are some yeah. Oh yeah. Like some parents are going to freak out and be like this definitely happened. Yeah, honey, did this happen to you? And give all the details. And some kids are going to be like, how? Yeah, 
Yeah, what, I want to please what, my what parents. So I'm going to tell them yes because yeah. they don't hear no from me. So aside mm-hmm. from parents mm-hmm. questioning kids, the police and therapists also question kids. Oh my gosh. And then police and therapists are going to conduct interviews very differently from each other, right? Like there wasn't right. a lot of thought put into that. And I think that's just a sign of the times. Like it's the early right. 80s. To be clear, I don't think anyone was purposely trying to create something out of nothing. I mean, just like I said, you don't want to risk getting this wrong, right? Yeah. And it's just that there are all different sorts of personalities in the world. And some people are more skeptical than others. And some are more alarmists. Some are just trying to do their best. Right. But what we can be pretty sure of here is that the whole ordeal is not handled in a scientific, objective <laughs> way. Sure about that. Right. And these people were not, not all of them were appropriately trained to question no. children. In fact, police let an unlicensed psychotherapist named Kathleen Key oh, McFarlane, gosh. she goes by Key, hmm. they let her examine and interview 400 kids who went to this daycare preschool. Here's how this went down. Key McFarlane had already been talking to police before any of this ever happened about the possibility of videotaping interviews with children who may have been abused. That way, you don't have to put the child through multiple interviews about traumatic events. You don't have to Uh re-traumatize them. That doesn't seem like a bad plan, right? Right. So before any of this, she's already been like, you know what? When a kid goes through trauma, maybe we should videotape these interviews. When the daycare allegations came up, the police thought of her, Key McFarland, because they'd uh-huh. already been talking to her. And there's these kids who may have been through this traumatic thing. Yeah. And then parents start hearing like, oh, there's this doctor involved who's investigating. And they mm-hmm. all, of course, they all want their yeah. kids to be seen, you know? Yes. So 400 kids ended up being interviewed oh, at the institute God. where she worked. And of those 400, 350 were deemed to have been sexually abused. What? Right. Okay, from an LA Times article in 1986, the interviews were conducted by three therapists. Therapists is in quotation marks, okay? Uh One of those is an unlicensed social worker with a background in fine arts and a certificate in welding. Oh. The second one is a graduate student. The third is a temporary aide who had been an Orange County social worker. Oh, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Most of the interviews began with a therapist asking the child to draw figures, mm-hmm. then label body parts, and Stop identify it. children and teachers from class photos. Stop it. Mm-hmm. When the child notices a microphone in the room, the interviewer is like, well, that leads to a secret machine that eats up yucky secrets. She what? says she has these puppets and like naked anatomically correct dolls. And she's like, these dolls can tell and show you things that you might be too afraid to say yourself, okay? Oh, no. It's like, show me on the doll where this happened or that happened. So now these kids that have never seen this are like, oh, I've never experienced. So these interviews lasted like 90 minutes each, and they have been videotaped. So that's one thing that we had that we can look at. Right. And people who've watched them, they're like, yeah, they appear suggestive. In one of those, there's a six-year-old boy who repeatedly is like, I don't know anything. He denies knowledge of anything. Finally, the therapist says, sometimes the teachers took their clothes off and the children got tickled other places. Can you guess where they might have gotten tickled? (gasps) Right. And the child has a puppet and the puppet's 
shaking his head no. Like the kid is still saying no. And then the therapist says, well, take a wild guess. Are you kidding me? Now, remember, you're a super junior detective and you're supposed to try and help us. Where do you think they would have gotten touched that would have been a yucky place? (gasps) That's just pure speculation. No. No. That's not. Oh, my gosh. So then this little boy, this poor little six-year-old boy is just, now he's like, oh, I I need to. I got to guess. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, he wants to give the therapist what they're asking for, right? Right. Exactly. Okay. So the kid says the vagina. And Um, the therapist had explained to him a few minutes earlier what that was, right? Right. And the therapist goes, their vagina. That's right. (gasps) What? I mean, what? (laughs) What? Uh, So, like I said, it's a good thing these interviews are videoed so that people can look at them now and be like, guys, this wasn't. This is not okay. You can see the power of suggestion, the leading questions. And this is where satanism came in mm-hmm. not right away it was like a gradual thing from something weird happened and then the interviewers asked more questions until suddenly you've got a whole lot of kids telling you these really elaborate stories yeah and this is all from that preschool case okay so insane just what you have no idea what's about oh god, oh god. here are some of the claims that came out in those interviews okay okay there were animal sacrifices hmm a school employee who could fly. What? Janet? A, a, go- <laughs> a goat man. <gasps> Even better. Secret underground tunnels that led to ritual ceremonies. Amazing. A story that the daycare owners had ritually sacrificed a baby. <laughs> Great. Nobody knew it was missing. The children had been flushed down toilets. <gasps> wow. And the daycare workers could turn into witches and fly. <gasps> Wow. These are the claims that these children are making. (laughs) And that's just in the McMartin preschool case. Amazing. Seven employees wound up being charged with 321 counts of child molestation and conspiracy against 41 children. Oh, my gosh. The employees, of course, insist they're innocent. Of course. A week later, charges were dropped against five of the defendants, citing weak evidence. Mm. A week later, one week. Yeah, so they're just sitting in jail. I'm just, like, you went to the length of charging these people and those charges fell through in a week? In a week. Maybe you didn't have enough to do this. Right, maybe you should have done some more investigative work. And when the kids are making claims, like, and again, of course, this is not the kids' fault. These are right. I don't ever, if in case that comes off like I'm blaming this. No, 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 no. But coerced. when they're making claims like, yeah, children got flushed down the toilets, these white workers can turn into witches and fly. There's a goat man. Wouldn't you think that that puts all of their claims in jeopardy and requires yeah. more? I mean, I don't want it to be like, of course, we want to believe kids who say things like this, right? You yeah. want to investigate it thoroughly. But right. like, if it fell through in a week, you couldn't have investigated it thoroughly. Yeah, there's no way. So in 1990, a jury acquitted the defendants on some charges and deadlocked on others, saying it was impossible to determine the truth from the children's testimony. And then a second trial ended in mistrial. And finally, my gosh, they end up dropping all the charges, citing lack of evidence. (laughs) Meanwhile, you've ruined all these people's lives, like exactly all of them. You've ruined the people that were 
charged. You've earned anyone with a connection to that preschool. And then the uh-huh. children and the parents, like you well, have messed say, off. Like, yeah. Years later, one of, through this. Oh yeah. And the parents too. Like you'd be yeah, terrified because yeah. you don't know what to believe. Exactly. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I'm still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm-hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo. Uh-huh. T-Y- M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top of the line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we gosh. got a so straightener exciting. and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay. So I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which i noticed immediately Mm -hmm. i didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually i do because usually i have all those wild like curls left over the wind power on this thing is intense it's wild like i turned it up i was like let's play with these buttons okay so it has three magnetic styling attachments they're all amazing you know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like oh my gosh this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's gonna be so tangled not with this one nice and it's magnetic so it's great so right now you guys our listeners can get 30 percent off their first order at timobeauty.com t-y-m-o beauty.com using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Menopausal and perimenopausal women, listen up. It's time to take control of your health and comfort and Winona is here to help. Winona is a telemedicine company for menopause care who believes that your symptoms are real, important, and deserve to be taken seriously. And for many women, this starts with hormone replacement therapy. Winona's HRT is made with plant-based, bioidentical hormones rather than synthetic ones, so it better aligns with your body to offer relief from hot flashes, weight gain, and other uncomfortable symptoms. 80% of women who use Winona find relief within just 90 days. So what are you waiting for? Get started today. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit. With free shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use code SPRING24 at buywinona.com for 25% off your first treatment plan. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A.com for 25% off. Winona, menopause care made easy. Years later, one of the former students at McMartin Preschool who'd been involved in making these accusations... Uh-huh. publicly apologized. He told the LA Times, quote, I lied. I remember thinking to myself, I'm not going to get out of here unless I tell them what they want to hear. Oh, I mean, this is just like false confession behavior. It's yeah. like you pressure them into this story that you're wanting for some right. reason. 
like I said, as we all know, it didn't really matter that a lot of the charges were dropped because that's not the stuff that the media goes crazy about. Oh yeah. They don't care. Before the charges were even dropped, it was already too late. At that point, a trend started across the country. Of course it did. Prosecutors were starting dozens of cases just like this one, and the media was eating it up. People were. You mean the media caused (laughs) panic across the world? What? Like sensationalism? What? What? That doesn't. Are you sure? Are you positive this happens? It's like totally sensational news about Satanism and devil worshiping. And then you got to think about this too. The people who are adults in the 80s, who are the ones having kids, are the ones devouring all this news. Yeah. They had grown up in the 60s and 70s. So there's a lot to unpack there in terms of how easy it was for them to fully believe in the idea of secret Satanists hiding in the right. woods. Yeah. Ready to sacrifice cult. children. Yeah. And even just... Think about how a kid growing up, we, that whole episode we did on serial killers. Uh-huh. So in the 60s and 70s, you know the evil that's out oh, there. yeah. Because that's like prime serial killer. Yes, years. exactly. So let's talk a little bit more about things that happened in the 60s and 70s that contributed to all this. In 1969, there's a man named Anton LaVey. He published a book called The Satanic Bible, which became the official work of modern Satanism and the key text for the Church of Satan founded in 1966. Then, in 1971, the novel The Exorcist came out. Amazing. Followed by the movie in 1973. Here's a quote. My dad, listen, my dad swears that he was possessed during that movie when he went to see it. Listen, I have never seen it. And you know how I love scary movies. Yes. They showed it here a few years ago. They were showing, like, classic Oh, yeah, the Kentucky Theater? Mm -hmm. No, this was at, like, uh, I can't think of the the one where you can get food. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't think of it. Tavern. Movie yes. Tavern. It was at Movie Tavern, and they were showing a different classic movie like every weekend in October. Yes, or something. yeah, yeah. So Melissa and I were like, we're going to go watch The Exorcist because it's The Exorcist and we've never oh my seen it. Gosh. We got there, and before we go in, I'm like, listen, I'm going to need a drink. Yes. And so we get, we get a drink, we go in, we sit down. The guy who's like our server comes up and asks us, you know, have you ever seen it? We're like, no, but we're both already a little nervous. She's yeah. Catholic. Like she went to Catholic school anyway. So she's particularly right. spooked by this kind of thing, right? Yes. Well, then he starts talking. This is like the unedited version or something. And oh, he just starts talking gosh. about like, he's like, it's really bad. Like the server does. <gasps> so I very quickly like Googled it. And I was like, what am I going to see in this movie? Like, what is it? And oh I just started God. reading about it. And then we were like, why are we watching? We don't need to watch this. We're going to leave. And we left. <laughs> and we just went to a bar and sat and had drinks and talked. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I still haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Apparently, I'm a big wimp. Listen, I love No, you're not. You guys. It's terrifying. I watch all kinds of horror movies. Mm-hmm. I host this podcast, but I, right. can't, I cannot with that one. No, anyway, it's terrifying. Here's a quote. The exorcist profoundly impacted America's collective psyche regarding the existence of demons and single-handedly transformed the popular Ouija board from a fun, harmless parlor game into a malevolent device capable of inducing spirit possession, demonic infestation, or other paranormal activity. <laughs> it was 1971, right? Yeah. So like, And then 1973, when the movie came out, I'm sure it exploded. Yes. And back then, this was really groundbreaking. Right. I mean, it's still terrifying today, right? Right. In 1972, another book came out. It's another fake memoir, just like the one we started the episode with. This one is called Satan Seller, 
S-E-L-L-E-R, by a guy who said- Amazing. He said he'd spent his younger years worshiping Satan, that he'd been a satanic high priest, and he participated in ritualistic sex orgies. Oh. The memoir was finally discredited 20 years after it was published. (laughs) 20 years. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Meanwhile, Anton LaVey put out another book called Satanic Rituals, and it basically made it sound like satanic rituals were just a normal part of life for many Americans. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, on top of that, you've got all the serial killer stuff going on in the 60s up through the 80s. Oh, gosh. Ted yeah. Bundy, Zodiac. Yeah. Alphabet what Killer. Is it? Charles oh, Manson. Who was the guy of the Source family? What was his? Oh, I don't know. I, to, I need to do a podcast on that. Yeah. It's a cult. So you can see how by the early 80s, none of this seems super far-fetched. It's all just like, yeah, one thing leads into another, of course. Like, right. it's like they've we've all been groomed <laughs> to believe yeah. it by the time it's yeah. there. So Anna Merlan, author of a book called Republic of Lies, which is a history of conspiracy theories, obviously we should buy that book, said it was a very fervid environment. Very credible-seeming people were saying, Occult ritual abuse is all around you. We've seen it, and the signs are visible if you know how to look for it. We done seen it. Right. So basically, there's this culture of fear that's gradually growing and growing, and it makes these things easier and easier to believe. And as I'm reading all this, I'm thinking about right now, (laughs) (laughs) I would argue that we're currently being forced into this culture of fear right now, too. You know? Yeah. This sort of thing doesn't happen in an instant. The media, especially if you watch certain news shows, but honestly, I'm at the point where I don't care what news show you watch. I'm sure you all can guess the news channel that I Uh hate. (laughs) Right. But even the one that I generally look to, I recognize like, yeah, but this one is so far skewed in the other direction. Like, Oh, yeah. So if you think, well, yeah, that other channel is super biased, but mine isn't, take a hard look at it and see. Is this channel just telling you things it knows you want to read more about? Yeah. The media makes money by you being glued to your TV or phone or computer, and they feed you stories that make you feel like you have to watch and read and listen. So yeah, take a break. Step away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just form our own opinions, too. Yes. I think it's important to, like, check out the news channels. Right. Even the ones that you hate. Exactly. Because... Nobody, it doesn't seem like anybody's really telling the full story anymore and you got to figure it out. Yes. Okay. So that doesn't mean you quit caring about the world and what happens in it. It does mean you are not living in a world shaped entirely by what the media has decided it is. Yes. This is not the Truman Show. Right. Anyway, there's this belief that daycare owners all over the country are involved in the occult and committing sex acts against the children they care for. What? I was in daycare in the 80s. The yeah. lady who owned my daycare was absolutely terrifying. She was, <laughs> she's still to this day. I am like, she was the scariest human being. That, <laughs> as far as I know, was never accused of anything like this. <laughs> no way that lady is ever. She would it. literally wash your mouth out with soap. Right. So throughout the eighties, there's this push to educate and train authorities to recognize and fight satanic cults. I'm talking seminars, tutorials, videos, classes. Mostly taught by other cops, therapists, preachers, and born-again Christians who claim to have escaped their own sadistic torture cults. What? Here, <laughs> Hang on. Okay, listen. The myth of the satanic 
ritual abuse cult was completely debunked in 1992 by the U.S. Justice Department. Uh I'll get to that later. Okay. 1992. Still, in 1994, there's a police training video called The Law Enforcement Guide to Satanic Cults. Stop it. I have linked clips of it in the show notes. Everybody go watch it. You're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe it. Oh, my gosh. But the thing is, people believed it. Oh, yeah. Normal, professional, not insane people fully believed it. And felt like, like, well, this is a part of our training. It must be real. Yeah. It's a very real danger. Yeah. Just like now, we hear stories that we're like, how could anyone believe this? And yet there are people who are like, yeah, that's really happening. People are eating babies or whatever they say, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Here's our next meeting. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> First off, in this video, the guy leading the video has a mullet. Amazing. Which has, which has nothing to do with anything except it's glorious. <laughs> it's like amazing. Okay. So in the video, he's leading you through a park and he's like, two different kinds of people use this park. <laughs> Are you ready, Kara? <laughs> the occult and the gays. <laughs> oh, God. And then he says, quote, Interestingly enough, they go hand in hand. I swear. Stop it. I could not. I watched it and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? It's ridiculous. And when you watch it, you have to keep reminding yourself, this is an actual police training video. Them guys will turn you into Satan. It feels like you're watching a SNL thing. Oh my gosh. But at the time, it didn't seem like satire. Right. Yeah. People went to prison over this. Exactly. A lot of those convictions were overturned. Okay. But in some cases, there are people who are still in prison right now on charges related to this surge of satanic panic. Oh, my gosh. I tried to go through. If you guys want to look through the sources, you know, it talks about some of these cases. Yeah. And some of the sources, it's like, here's a few cases that people are still in prison over this. But when I looked into the cases a little further, it seemed like there's other stuff involved. So I'm not entirely sure we can just say, like, this person's 100% innocent. Uh But it is a little scary that anyone convicted on a satanic abuse cult charge is still in prison. Yeah. Okay. So, of course, the case that most often comes up currently when we're talking about satanic panic is the West Memphis Three. Uh Uh-huh. And I feel like most of us are super familiar with that case. But here's a quick recap. Three boys were murdered in the woods in Memphis, Tennessee. And three teenage boys, Damian Eccles, who was 18, Jesse Miskelly Jr., who was 17, and Jason Baldwin, who was 16, were convicted of the murders. And the main evidence against the teenagers was that they did the whole goth thing. They wore black, had dark hair. They liked heavy metal, whatever. They had an interest in the occult. There was zero physical evidence. Right. It's insane to me and a lot of other people that they were ever convicted. They ended up being freed in 2011. I mean, they went to prison. In 2011, they were freed. New DNA evidence showed that they had zero connection to the murders. But even then, rather than dropping the charges and proclaiming them innocent or wrongly convicted... Damien, Jesse, and Jason were forced to enter Alfred pleas, which is basically saying, I'm innocent, but I know the evidence shows that I'm guilty. Like, it's a weird way of saying you're innocent, but you're also pleading guilty. Yeah, yeah. And that's like the only way they were able to go free after serving 18 years in prison. These boys had to say 
they had to basically plead guilty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like the worst. I cannot imagine. But that was the only way they could get out of jail. Exactly. And the worst part about that is there's no new investigation to find out who actually murdered those three young boys. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't kept up with this case, like, it is astounding. The oh, yeah. It's wild. That Arkansas authorities are willing to go to in order to keep from saying they screwed up this investigation. Uh-huh. That is my opinion. <laughs> Allegedly, this is what's going on. <laughs> they claim to have lost evidence that turned out not to be lost. There's DNA evidence that's never been tested. They said they'd lost it. Turned out it was right where it was supposed to be, stored and cataloged and waiting to be tested. And yet on June 23rd, 2022, this year, a judge ruled not to test that evidence. Huh. Damien Eccles has done nothing but fight for the investigation to continue and DNA evidence to be tested since he got out of prison. And why would he do that if he yeah, were involved in the murders? Exactly. The reason the judge denied the request to test the DNA evidence is because Damien is the one who made the request. And apparently, since he's not in police custody, he isn't allowed to make that request. Okay, then somebody else make that request. I know. It's such a weird technicality. Someone in custody so would ha- would want the evidence tested to get out of prison. So I guess the argument is, if you're free, why do you care? So the, yeah. you can only make that request if you're in police custody. An attorney can't request that? <sighs> I mean, I guess not. So anyway, the DNA test that was tested that got the three boys out of prison, even though they had to enter Alfred please, there were two hairs. One hair found on the binding of one of the dead children and one on a tree trunk near the boys' bodies. Those hairs did not belong to Damien, Jesse, or Jason. Mm -hmm. They were consistent with the stepfather of one of the boys, Terry Hobbs. There are also three witnesses who came forward to say they'd seen Terry Hobbs with the boys that day, even though he previously said he had not been with the boys at all the whole day. Mm -hmm. So there is physical evidence that links Terry Hobbs to the case and zero physical evidence that links Damien, Jesse, and Jason to the case. To be clear... I am not saying Terry Hobbs did it. Right. But my opinion is that he's a... leads elsewhere. You know, he's a better suspect than the three men who went to prison for 18 years for these murders. Right. But those three men looked like devil worshippers in the 80s. They love Satan. Anyway, researchers with the National Center on Children Abuse and Neglect found that all in all, there were over 12,000 documented accusations across the country that fell under the satanic panic genre. Oh, my gosh. And of those, investigating police were unable to substantiate any allegations of organized cult abuse. Uh, 12,000 and zero substantiated. So, like I said, the whole thing was officially debunked by the Justice Department in 1992. So, like, how did this thing blow up like this? Right. Mm, I don't know. The media just took it and ran with it. One thing it had going for it, Satanic Panic had going for it, was beyond the right time and context for this moral panic to take hold Mm -hmm. was how wild the media went for it. Like, it was everywhere. In 1985, 2020 ran a segment on Satanic Worship that described animal mutilations used in rituals, rock music associated with devil worship, satanic graffiti, backward messages and pop songs. Remember hearing that? Oh my gosh. Like, play this backwards and you'll hear the devil. It is, and it's the devil whispering in your ear. Yes. Geraldo. Oh my gosh. Remember Geraldo? (laughs) He made a documentary in 1988 called Devil Worship, Exposing Satan's Underground. Oh, 
you're My required gosh. to say it like that. You have to say yeah, it. Oh, yeah, you that. cannot say it any other way. Nope. nope it nope. was the highest rated televised documentary to air up to that Are point. Are you kidding me? And then in 1989, the author of Michelle Remembers, that fabricated memoir I talked about at the beginning, yeah. and another woman, her name was Laurel Rose Wilson. She also wrote a fake memoir called Satan's Underground. Both of those women went on Oprah, and Oprah presented these women's stories as fact. Listen, Oprah. I love you, but she never questioned the authenticity of any of the claims in either of the books. And then in 1991, 2020 aired an official Roman Catholic exorcism. No, thank you. Like, no. What? One article had this quote. This is what happens when hypervigilance and moral panic take precedence over accepted scientific methodologies and hard evidence. I just want to put that quote on Facebook and people can apply it to. I know everything. I'm sitting here thinking. Ooh. Yeah. It'll just, and every single person that reads it will think I, they know what I'm talking about. And it'll all be like some different issue. <laughs> and yeah. then everybody will get mad and I'll start a war and it'll be amazing. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Except our Facebook group, which is amazing. It's amazing. So I think this is all super interesting. And it's one of those things, like I said, that. It made me realize that the stuff that I thought was going on only where I grew up, like whispered about by the kids in the small town I lived right. in, it was actually part of something so much bigger. Like that was happening everywhere. And of course, I had no idea about any of that. I was a kid. Yeah. And it's good to just be reminded of that now and then, like these things we believe. We know about certain events that make us believe them, mm-hmm. but we don't always know the events that led up to the Right, exactly. We, we exactly. don't know the history. We don't know what may have already been proven false, who said what, what their motivations were, whether we would find those people trustworthy if we knew them. Mm-hmm. That's important here in this story. It's also important in every other story ever. Yeah. So it's all really interesting, but also incredibly important to me to see how this sort of thing happens. It's the same thing that happened with the witch trials. Things are changing in the world and everyone wants someone to blame. Yeah. So if we look at some of the things we've seen in recent years, QAnon, for one, is an organization built on fear. It started in 2017 with this 4chan user calling themselves Q, and they start talking about a satanic pedophile ring ran by Democrats and celebrities, you know, (laughs) and they're trafficking kids Uh to harvest their hormones and create a serum to provide eternal youth. Now, listen, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But people believed it. And QAnon got bigger and more powerful. And then suddenly you've got January 7th, 2021, when a bunch of so-called patriots are storming the Capitol. Right, exactly. (laughs) The media fuels it and people eat it up. It's just incredible. And I just want to be like, where does your anger come from? Do you know what you're afraid of right now? Or you're just afraid because someone's telling you to be afraid. But do you know where that came from? (laughs) What started it? Would you believe it if you knew where it started? You know? Yeah. And then the media fuels it because people eat it up. And, you know, (laughs) to quote one article, (laughs) through it all, the media fueled a public wave of fear that spurred entire groups of rational thinking adults to collectively buy in. So what comes next? What do we do now? That was the end. That was the last part I wrote. It's like, so yeah. now what? What comes? What? What's the next thing that's going to just go crazy? We, we've had all sorts of examples of things that just completely got out of hand 
right so what do y'all what do y'all want to do what do y'all want to see <laughs> let's all just buy an island let's, yeah i don't even know how we decide who gets to live on the island but rock we'll paper scissors rock paper scissors yeah. the tortilla challenge <laughs> you gotta like this podcast you gotta be funny and you gotta like 90s and music. good food oh yeah. yeah it has to be 90s music <laughs> must love pizza <laughs> and comfy pants <laughs> i mean <laughs> This Doing is our it. fault. Here we are. <laughs> okay. I know this is a longer episode, you guys, but it's just as the whole satanic panic thing really got my brain going about just like the psychology of these things and how they take over. And yeah, I think the big takeaway I would like people to have is mm-hmm. if when you hear something in the media that gets you just real riled up or you hear other people talking about something. Yeah. Just go do a little more research. Right. Just dig a little deeper. From a few different sources. Don't just look at one source. Right. And don't just trust what your mom told you or whatever. Yes. I'm sure all your moms are great, but you know. Exactly. And then also on the other side of it, people who fully believe in stuff that you think is crazy, try to have a little patience with them because fear is an incredibly powerful motivator. And it it takes a lot of work to undo it. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, so much. A lot of people are just doing the best they can, you know, just trying to live. Oh, goodness. All right. We love you, you guys. So much, you guys. Okay. We'll be back next week with another episode. Hello. Goodbye. Goodbye.